1: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Talking Points and Happy New Year. This is your host, Brian Kelly, the Points Guy. And today we're going to be exploring all things Hyatt with Amy Weinberg, who's the VP of the World of Hyatt program. Amy tells us what we can expect from the World of Hyatt program this year and what led to the new milestone bonuses. Afterwards, TPG's Senior Points and Miles editor Nick Ewan is going to tell us all the best ways to maximize Hyatt loyalty. This episode may feature offers that are subject to change and are offered by our advertising partners. ThePointSky.com is a free website, so we do advertise in order to generate revenue. For a full listing of our advertising policy, go to thepointsguycom advertising. So today we've got a very special guest from Hyatt, Amy Weinberg, who is a senior vice president and head of the World of Hyatt Loyalty Program. Amy, thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to chat.
1: You guys have been pretty busy there this year, and there's a bunch of exciting changes to talk about today. But before we get into it, do you just want to bring us through your career and how you ended up at Hyatt and the role that you're in?
2: Certainly. I've had the benefit of working in the space of loyalty, um, albeit not always in hotel loyalty for most of my career. And I, I often talk about trying to bring the point where math and marketing come together to help create value for um, the consumer that's being served. And I started working in hotels at Starwood in uh, 2003, spent some time there, and I joined Hyatt about a year ago, exactly almost, here with great brands, passionate members, um, and trying to, as you mentioned, continue to evolve in ways by listening to our members' needs and wants, and evolving the World of Hyatt program, which launched in March of 2017 into its current iteration and, and a lot more exciting things to come.
1: So in the, in the last year, how have you seen the customer opinion of the World of Hyatt program evolve?
2: I will say that things were off to a great start when I did join about six months in after the launch of World of Hyatt, and it's been great momentum since then as well, The response to some of the changes, particularly um, in the globalist tier, had been tremendous, right? So I think there's a lot of advocacy out there over the amount of value that is afforded to our top tier members, Um, a lot of love for the suite upgrades, which we're known for and very different in the industry and a, a huge value point among our members. But equally important are milestones that we reward our members with, with our free night um, category one through four at the Explorers level as well, or at 30 nights, as well as at 60 nights with the one through seven. So members' reaction has been great. We've seen great growth um, in the program since launch and continue to see that through all of 2018, as well as a positive response to some of the evolution points that we've had, such as award nights counting towards qualifying status and some small tweaks that we made early in 2019, but that have been very well received building up launch.
1: Yeah. One of the ones I was excited about was premium suite redemptions. I'm a big person (laughs) and I like to have big rooms and suites. So what has, uh, has that actually been a popular redemption now that you can redeem for those premium suites?
2: It has. And um, like yourself, we heard from other members that they wanted more opportunity to redeem for premium suites. And in redeeming for premium suites, we now have many offerings that go against that, including points plus cash, um, straight-out redemptions, and the opportunity to redeem via upgrades. So the reaction has been great. Um, again, is grounded in our ability or our focus on listening to our members and what they want, um, and doing our best to meet those needs.
1: On the topic of premium experiences, you know, one of the things I was excited about this year was the partnership with small luxury hotels and. As part of that, you created the new category eight for those properties. Uh, I, I think a lot of people are maybe a little bit nervous that that might mean there'll be a lot of other traditional properties in that new category. Amy, are there any plans for that at this time?
2: So, we did introduce category eight as part of bringing the small luxury hotels relationship to life. It is a great portfolio and a way for our members to stay and redeem in markets where we don't have hotels at this time we have no current plans to move the hyatt brands hotels and resorts into category eight Um, but we did introduce it as part of the launch for small luxury hotels
1: got it and and justin terms of improving that footprint? Are there plans right now for more SLH properties to become eligible for point redemption?
2: So as you know, we launched with 54 participating properties recently, both for earning and redemption options and in many markets where we don't have as much um, footprint today, particularly in Europe. And we've seen great traction from members in liking that. And we will definitely be adding more of the small luxury hotel portfolio um, as we head into 2019. So we're eager to add more and welcome them into the opportunities for our members. Um, So you will see growth there.
1: And curious, have you stayed at any SLH properties or just any that you would recommend or that that are on your list of must tries in 2019? Because there's so many cool properties.
2: There are so many cool properties. I have had um, the benefit of staying in them. And again, I think depending on the market that you're in, recently when I was in London, um, got to visit a few of them, whether it was just to see them like the Dukes um, and experience it or stay or eat, I would encourage to explore and um, both with your eyes, with your stomach, but also with your stays uh, because (laughs) there are some really great properties out there. Well,
1: that's, that's good because I'm actually going to be living in London for a month or two. We're launching TPG there in March. So I've, I have i am a hotel snob and now there's so many new options. So I, I'm looking forward to, uh, to trying them out and, and also eating my way (laughs) through all the, (laughs) Yeah, through all of London. And and speaking of other partnerships. So, you know, Hyatt recently acquired the two roads hospitality. And I think, you know, people are really excited about what that exactly means for loyalty. Um, Do you have like an updated? Well, A, can you describe kind of the strategic importance of of that acquisition and, and how you foresee that? in the World of Hyatt program?
2: So with the addition of Two Roads Hospitality Group, which is tremendous for us as an organization and bringing five established lifestyle brands into the Hyatt portfolio, growing us to have you know 19 brands and over 800 properties around the world with Alila, Destination, JDV, Thompson, and Tommy coming in, We are super excited about um, not only the expansion that brings us into markets that we're not in today. So there's 23 new markets that come with two roads coming together with Hyatt, which is great. More opportunities for us to engage guests and members in in more places. And um, we definitely will be working to integrate the new brands into world of Hyatt in 2019, but we don't have all the specific details at this point in time. As you can appreciate with the recent announcement,
1: I think one of the other key things I've noticed with Hyatt is the focus on wellness. You know what's what's the strategy there? Is is there a specific reason why you guys are going so deep into that category?
2: Well, the um, purpose. Hyde's purpose of care, which is to care for people so they can be their best, well-being clearly has a core piece in that. And a lot of people, when they think about well-being, think about, you know, maybe fitness, working out or eating well. But a lot of it is also how you feel. Um, And that's a big part of care. And when you look at that also with growth in wellness travel or the fact that when we talk to consumers and we ask them ways that they feel they're at their best and when their well-being is high – you know, travel is a big way for people to keep that balance. And so for us, you have seen a lot of energy poured in here and it makes really great sense for a number of reasons, many of which I just mentioned. And in 2018, we really did sort of double down in a few places by introducing a accelerator category on the World of Hyatt credit card with um, two points per dollar spent for fitness and gym memberships, which was a first of its kind, We introduced our experience platform, which again has a well-being lens on it and when you're earning in there you earn 10 points per dollar spent versus the 5 points when in hotels. We recently launched a Hotel Gratitude Day because again if you think about the feeling that you need and the importance of feeling grateful for what you have, um, these are all things that that really line up well for us.
1: Yeah, you mentioned the world of higher and I, I actually I, I don't know if I was on a call with you. I was always wondering why, you know, fitness wasn't a category on any Card. It's like we're so often encouraged to dine out, but no one really ever encourages us to work out. So I do think that was a clever new addition to the world of Hyatt card. But my question on the credit card angle, you know, most of the top tier, you know, hotel chains and, and credit card companies have these premium cards, you know, $450 and up. And that's a currently you guys don't have a card there. Is is there one in the works?
2: So We um, don't necessarily have anything in the works right this minute along the lines you mentioned and are continuing to see great adoption with the newest card that we introduced this summer with the World of Hyatt card and have added ways for that to add up to um, counting towards achieving status and and listening to our members. So our ears are always open, um, but I don't have any news to share with you right this minute on a premium product.
1: Got it. And also, you know, I love the premium suite awards, but a lot, you know, not you're currently not able to book them online. Do you guys have plans in World of Hype, like any, any new IT announcements to make the redemption side of things easier?
2: We have a number of items in the works to make that easier. You are right. Um that is something we hear back from our members and as a as priding ourselves in in listening and evolving. Um, we have some things in the works that you'll see in 2019 to allow for more digital interaction, um, whether that's through our .com and our websites and, our website and um, some new exciting things that are coming in the world of Hyatt mobile app as well.
1: Amy, one of the newest things that you guys introduced was Milestone Rewards. Can you explain that program for our listeners?
2: We introduced milestone rewards in large part because we have highly valuable benefits um, that we had tied into either elite status or a certain number of nights, and we wanted to bring those forward in some cases. So in listening to our members and hearing about how the club lounge awards or access awards are valued, as well as the suite upgrades award, for example, we brought those forward in, in two cases. So at 20 nights... Um, you can earn two club lounge awards versus needing to wait until 30 nights. You get the other two at 30 nights. And we maintained our Category 1 through 4 milestone award award at 30 nights as well. We also were able to introduce um, a new award at 40 nights. And like I mentioned before, we were able to bring sweet, upgrade awards, which are highly valued and very distinctive for us within World of Hyatt Forward so that you could earn two of those at 50 nights instead of all of the, all four at 60 nights. So by moving to milestone rewards, it's really rewarding members more often um, and earlier, which is something mm-hmm. that we heard a lot about from our members wanting um, and therefore made some changes to address that.
1: I think one of the you know, downsides to some people who qualified, you know, on the old system of 25 stays. And I know there were a lot of people who got in there pretty cheaply to the what was old diamond status. And, you know, when you move to 60 nights for globalist, um, you know, there was, you know, some discontent with people because of all the changes and ostensibly the higher bar sets. Um, One of the things announced on the heels of milestone was that the discounted way to get to globalist is changing. What was your thought process behind that?
2: Yeah. So starting in 2020, it is true that for a, a globalist who has qualified at 60 nights, they no longer have the opportunity to re-qualify at 55 nights. But things that we have introduced that help with qualification, which again, we've heard from our members is something that they want, was in 2018, we made it possible where we added the fact that award nights counted toward tier status. So all of those award nights do count towards those 60 nights to to qualify for globalists. And in addition, in 2018, with the World of Hyatt credit card introduction, we added the ability for spend on the credit card to help with um, qualifying nights as well. So we believe we've added a number of ways to help our members gain qualifying nights or earn qualifying nights to help them achieve globalists, but we are making that change.
1: So I know I've been pretty tactical and, and you're a senior leader in this space. So I just want to end on some higher level thoughts on where you see the loyalty world headed. You know, if you look at the World of higher program in five years, what are some of the ways or that you think the program will be different than what we see today or any certain trends that you're particularly aware are kind of picking up steam these days?
2: I think for a while now, the importance of experiences and sort of collecting memories and being able to fully live every day has been growing and growing. And I hope you've seen some changes in the program already, and you'll continue to see them along that line, which is really recognizing and celebrating each person for the individual that they are and how they live their lives celebrating that, making making that easy and, and more personal to them, but also allowing that to extend beyond the member themselves. So I think Guest of Honor is a great example that we have today where you can actually sort of gift your days on the road and that status that comes with it to those that you love through redemption. And I'm I'm hopeful we'll continue to see ways that we can bring experiential moments to life for our members with the extension of the fine platform and the inclusion of other items in your daily lives as members, not just your stay lives and hotels.
1: Cool. All right. Rapid fire question. So if you had to choose between a room, a small room with an amazing view or a room with no view, but a, a, a nice sweet upgrade in general, which would you choose the space or the view?
2: I would go with the view all the time. View all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would. So um, I'm a big fan yeah. of photography and other things. But if I can see it see it in real life, I would go with that.
1: And then looking forward into 2019, is there a, a specific Hyatt property or brand you're dying to try out next year?
2: I have yet to go to Miraval, so that's very high on my list, and already planning to try to get to the newest Miraval that's opening um, to experience that. So very different. Um, obviously from some of our historical brands, which I've had the pleasure of staying in for a long, long time. So eager to try that.
1: Awesome. Well, Amy, I appreciate you joining Talking Points Podcast. You know, it's been really interesting to see World of Hyatt evolve and continue growing. So great job in adding new benefits that clearly benefit users and safe travels in 2019.
2: Well, same to you on the safe travels. And thank you very much for having me
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: All right, for the next portion of Talking Points, I've got one of our foremost points experts, longtime contributor and recent senior editor of Points and Miles, Nick Ewan. Nick, thanks for joining us.
0: I'm excited to be here. Thanks for
1: having me, Brian. And you're a Hyatt guy yourself, right?
0: Yes, I am. I am, uh, have had diamond status with them in the old program uh, and continue to use their properties whenever I can.
1: So are you, you're not globalist in the, in the new world of Hyatt?
0: No, ever since my daughter joined the world, I've kind of hung, hung up my road warrior shoes, but I continue to <laughs> try to utilize the program as much as I can.
1: Got it. So let's just talk about high-level Hyatt points. You know, I think Marriott and Starwood and Ritz have gotten all the attention this past year, but there have been a lot of changes to the Hyatt program. Why do you still love your Hyatt points?
0: Well, I think the best thing about the Hyatt program is is really twofold. Number one, they have really reasonable redemption rates. So their top tier Hyatt branded properties like the Park Hyatt in New York or the Park Hyatt in Beaver Creek for any of our skiers out there are – only require 30,000 points for a free night whereas other programs gets up to 60,000, 85,000, 95,000 and the other great thing about Hyatt is that they have a no blackout dates policy that really has teeth and if there is a standard room available for sale the program or the properties under the Hyatt umbrella have to make that room available using points. So it's really kind of a win-win where you have reasonable rates, but then any standard room that's available on a paid rate, you can use your points for it.
1: And that's that's important to note because I was actually just with Marriott this week and you know they've taken a much different approach to no blackout dates, meaning that as long as there's some rooms available, not all of a paid room that you can use points. So, but I, I do remember hearing the Andaz Maui was playing games with recategorizing rooms. Um, is that a one-off incident, or do you, are there issues across the board with you know those premium uh, Hyatt properties?
0: playing funny business with inventory? You know, the the Andaz Maui, I've stayed there before. I did a paid rate because I did have trouble using my points. And they are kind of the the most well-known culprit of trying to get around these uh, award or these no blackout date policies because they are a very in-demand property. So they have a very limited number of standard rooms. Um, In some cases, they only allow you to book a certain length stay, but because they are not completely blocking or making a a room available for cash and not available on points, they are still complying with the policy. But really my personal experience has been, I once found a property that was trying to get around these rules And I called Hyatt and I explained the situation. They actually got in touch with the property and they forced them to honor the no blackout dates policy. Oh, nice. Uh, That was at the park Hyatt in Paris. And I was very impressed with that. You know, the Hyatt customer service reps really are, uh, they have been trained in my experience to really force the hotels to honor this policy. So it really does have teeth. And
1: cash and points, do you use that when possible or are you an all points reservation kind
0: of guy? So I typically like to use all points. Uh, I will tell you that under the new points in cash redemption scheme that was rolled out earlier this year, I don't really see myself utilizing that. It used to be a flat copay along with half of the points required for a full free night. And they've since changed it to where it's now. It requires half of the points plus half of the paid rate. So it's not as much of a valuable uh, tool to use anymore. That being said, if someone isn't earning a ton of Hyatt points and they want to just defray some of the cost of a stay, it can still be a decent option under the, the right circumstances. It's just not something that can get you outsized value like it did before. Got it. And Hyatt did make
1: the change about earning elite status now based on cash and points and
0: point stays. Um, yes, that was a really... Any touches thing. there or... No, that was actually a really nice addition after they raised the requirements for earning the different tiers of elite status when they shifted from Hyatt Gold Passport to World of Hyatt. It was nice for them to kind of catch up to the rest of the programs that already did count award nights towards elite status. Uh, So that was definitely a nice addition. So yeah, as long as you are booking an eligible rate, you're not going through a third party like uh, the Chase Portal or Expedia or Hotels.com, you will earn elite credit for uh, for that night, and you know, you said you commended Hyatt
1: because it's only thirty thousand points for top tier versus double, triple that in other programs. But let's talk about the earning. So, earning on base stays with Hyatt. You're not earning as many points as you are, say, in Hilton or Marriott, right? So, is is Hyatt truly more generous because they offer lower redemptions, or are they just giving you less points on the
0: earn side as well? So that's a great point, and it absolutely is true that they are. You do earn fewer points per dollar spent when you visit Hyatt properties. I think the one of the big things that I personally love about Hyatt is the fact that they partner with Chase Ultimate Rewards for one to one transfers and that's a great way to quickly boost your account. You know, I have several Ultimate Rewards earning credit cards. There's some of our favorites here at The Points Guy. So, um it's interesting to note that yes, Marriott points, you earn more of them on stays, but you also transfer Chase points to Marriott at a one to one rate. So, yeah. that's really a, a, an easy way to boost your uh, to boost your Hyatt uh, balance. And the other nice thing is that Hyatt also does allow you to earn points on um, on other things outside of Hyatt stays. So um, dining experiences uh, uh, and some of their new partnerships, uh, the small luxury hotels of the world. Uh, hopefully in 2019, we'll see the integration of Two Roads Hospitality. Uh, so another close to 100 properties where you can earn uh, points. So they're really looking to expand the the different ways that you can uh, earn points to get to those top redemptions.
1: Now, I know the two roads they haven't announced, the integration. I'm sure there's a ton of technical work that needs to happen. But in your experience, when do you think we can
0: expect that we'd be able to start redeeming
1: on those two roads properties.
0: I, I would be surprised if it happens anytime before Q3 of 2019 at the absolute earliest. You know, I think with small luxury hotels, because it was a partnership as opposed to just as opposed to a full acquisition, uh, it was a little bit easier to start to get some of those properties into the program. Uh, so that I think it will be a much more complex. Uh, environment, it actually wouldn't surprise me to have it uh, kind of shift into 2020. But Hyatt has said that they are committed to to integrating them into the existing program. Uh, and I uh, hope that they'll do it as quickly as possible.
1: You know, I just talked to Amy and she mentioned that the new category eight for small luxury hotels would not include other properties. What do you think the odds are? Uh, when will it happen? You know, where that Park Hyatt Beaver Creek creeps into that new category eight? Or do you believe them in that it's not going to?
0: happen? Uh, That's a great question. I mean, we can speculate six ways to Sunday about this. I think at some point Hyatt will likely move to some type of a peak off-peak model. We see Marriott will be doing that in March of 2019. We've already seen uh, Hilton Honors move in that direction as well. So I have to imagine that at some point Hyatt will look at uh, some type of hybrid model like that, I I would be surprised. I mean, they've been very clear since the acquisition. Since they added that category eight, they've been very clear. No existing higher properties will be moving there. I would be surprised. It would be a real uh, negative about face if six months, a year, even two years down the road, they went back on that. But again, I wouldn't be surprised to see some tweaks there to reflect the fact that you know, at the Park High at Beaver Creek, for example you do have seasonal demand. You know that, that property is very expensive, obviously, during ski season, not so much when uh, the snow all melts. So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, but I would be surprised if it happens within the next six months to a year. I mean, it's an industry trend, as you mentioned, with off
1: peak and peak. Really what that is, and Delta has been doing this for years, is variable pricing, right? And when rates are higher, you know your points are less valuable. Is that really what's going on here, And do you think the hotel chains will get as egregious as Delta has on
0: their end by not even publishing award charts? it's an it's a great question. I would love to have a crystal ball and be able to say, no, hotels are are a different animal. Um I do think that hotel demand there are kind of extreme examples, the Park Hyatt, Beaver Creek being one of them. But generally, if you're a luxury level property like a Park Hyatt or a luxury boutique property like an Andaz, generally speaking, you're not going to have $100 room rates one night and then $600 room rates another night. So um, I, I don't necessarily see programs moving towards an entirely dynamic Pricing. I, I suspect that there will be more peak versus off-peak. Uh, the the biggest thing that I really hope that Hyatt doesn't consider doing is moving towards a no blackout date policy that doesn't have teeth, like the one that Marriott has. I think that would be the, a, a real death knell to the the value of the program and would significantly impact uh, members' ability to use their points. Let's get into credit cards uh, before we get into redemption. So,
1: earning points. You mentioned, you know, I. Chase Sapphire Reserve, you earn three x points on travel and dining, and then transferring those points to Hyatt. I know I I transferred them to Park Hyatt Maldives. It's only twenty five thousand points for a thousand dollar room. You're easily getting four cents a point, you know. And when you're earning three points per dollar, it's a nice twelve percent rebate by using the Sapphire Reserve and transferring to Hyatt for those luxury stays. But does it make sense to get the new World of Hyatt credit
0: cards, and are they as lucrative as you know the inks and the sapphires of the world? So I think the uh, the World of Hyatt credit card, the new version that launched in the earlier part of twenty eighteen, I think is great for a couple of different kind of groups of individuals. The first are those who are trying to close elite status gaps. I know when I was loyal to Hyatt, I wasn't able to stay in Hyatts. 80, 90, 100 nights a year because of their limited footprint. And the nice thing is that the World of Hyatt credit card allows you through spending to close some of those gaps where you get five elite nights just for having the card. And then for every $5,000 you spend on the card in a calendar year, you get another two nights of elite status credit. So that can really help if you're close to Explorist or close to Globalist to put you over the top. The other thing that I love about the Hyatt credit card, both the old version as well as the new World of Hyatt Credit card are the free night certificates. Uh, those are valid in category one through four properties. Every time I've redeemed one of those certificates, I've always gotten at least two hundred dollars worth of value. You get one of those every year, another one after spending fifteen thousand dollars on the card. Uh, so I think those those alone make the card a really great option. What are some of the What are some of the best category
1: four properties out there? I know that Andas Papagayo in Costa Rica used to be one. Is that still? category four. And
0: it, it is, I've also stayed at the Andaz Savannah, another great property right in the middle uh, of the downtown there, the Hyatt Regency Grant Cypress in Orlando for any Disney or theme park bus out there. Uh, the Grand Hyatt in Seattle is another great option. Uh, but really, you know, any of those properties that when you think about the card has a $95 annual fee, I can't tell you the last time that I saw even the lowest category one hire property where it would only be $95, $85, $75 for the night. So, I mean, if you get the one free night. It's it's super easy. Yeah, it's easy to to get value from the card.
1: And then the only thing that people would consider is $524, right? So if you've had five credit cards with any issuer over the last two years, um, the world of hire, is that impacted by this rule with Chase where
0: you can't get it? Sadly, yes, it wasn't initially, but it has many reports indicate that it now is subject to that. So this would be a good one if you are looking at uh, potentially utilizing Hyatt more frequently. The other thing I really like about it, if you don't currently have a Sapphire Preferred or a Sapphire Reserve, uh, but you still want to earn Hyatt points, the card has the most extensive bonus categories of any hotel credit card out there. So they
1: just added fitness too, which I thought was really clever.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, actually very unique in the credit card market, which is really nice. Um, but then you get, in addition to four points per dollar spent at Hyatt, you get double points at restaurants, on airline tickets, on transit commuting, uh, and on fitness club and gym memberships. So I'm a CrossFitter. Um, it, it's a great option for, for me when I'm, you know, swiping that card every month for my, uh, monthly membership fee there, uh, soul cycle, any of those clubs or memberships, uh, it's a great option for that.
1: Cool. So let's go into the redemption side. So you've got a boatload of chase points burning a hole in your pocket and or Hyatt. Bring us through how to redeem, get the most value. Are there fifth night awards? Are there any of these weird hotel and air packages that other brands have had? Kind of give us the lay of the land when it comes time to redeem.
0: Yeah. So the nice thing about Hyatt, again, is that they have very reasonable redemption rates. They're top tier Park Hyatt properties, 30,000 points a night. I've done that at the Park Hyatt in Zurich when room rates were 700 euros per night. So that's a real great option. You mentioned the Park Hyatt Maldives, uh, that's actually a category six. So that's only 25,000 points per night. One of the best values though I have found is actually at some of the lower tier properties. So category one is only 5,000 points per night. Category two is only 8,000 points per night. If you find some of those Hyatt Place or Hyatt house locations, if you're traveling with uh, families, oftentimes you can get a full apartment for five or eight thousand points per night. If the revenue rates are two or three hundred dollars, that's a phenomenal value for your uh, your your Hyatt points. So you know really a lot of times we talk about those aspirational ones but yeah, those lower ones are great.
1: Well, yeah, you you know, in our Hilton episode, even Mark uh, Weinstein, who's the SVP of Hilton Loyalty and Marketing, he he was also like people always overlook the real values of the the mid and lower tier properties that can save. Yeah, it's not going to save you a thousand a night, but you're going to be spending you know almost a tenth as many points to save half as much or a third as much. So yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. Are there
0: any fifth night free? or wonky sort of package awards that people should know about? So Hyatt, unfortunately, doesn't do any type of uh, fifth night free option. But one of the things that a lot of people don't know is Hyatt does allow you to actually transfer points freely to any other member in the program. Uh, You can only do it once every 30 days. And the official restrictions are that it must be for a a specific redemption. So you can't just say, I'm going to transfer 100,000 points. And then leave them sitting in that other account for you know the next two years. Uh, it does specifically say it must be for a redemption, but that's very unique. Um, there are a couple other programs that do allow kind of that pooling. But the real nice thing this allows you to do is if you are friends with a Globalist member. So one of our top contributors, Richard Kerr, huge Hyatt fan. He's been Globalist since the New World of Hyatt program launched. I could. Call him up and say, "Listen, Richard, I want to take my wife on an anniversary trip. Can I transfer some Hyatt points to you and have you book it for me? Because then that invokes what Hyatt calls the guest of honor benefit, and then I get all of Richard's globalist perks, even though he booked the room, uh, even though I'm actually the one staying. He's oh, wow. not doing this so, this so. This isn't
1: this isn't a." you know, gray area where you're going to get hi, It's going to shut down your account. If you do this too many times, this is totally within the rules. Yeah, this is within
0: the rules. It's once every 30 days. You also do, and this surprises people, you have to actually submit a paper form. So you have to (laughs) manually write it out, scan it, email it, or even fax it. Um, And it does take, I think, six to eight weeks for it to actually process. But no, um, six to eight weeks. Have you done this before? I have not actually taken advantage of it. I am looking ahead, though, towards, um, you know, my wife's 40th birthday. Thinking about trying to plan one of those, and Richard will definitely be getting a, a call from me. So, Richard, if you're listening, definitely uh, uh, get ready for that. <laughs>
1: you know, you can also transfer Hyatt
0: points to airlines. Do you recommend doing that? I I generally don't. The rates that you'll get when you transfer them are are generally not worth it. You're going to sacrifice a lot of value. You know, we peg Hyatt points at 1.7 cents a piece. You're not transferring them at a one-to-one ratio. So I I would definitely not recommend using them in that way. You generally get much more value uh, using them for, uh, for free nights or for upgrades as well. Another often overlooked option is if you are looking for an upgrade to a club room or to a suite or to a premium suite, uh, you can actually do those on paid stays. Uh, So that's another great option. Um, It's only 3000 points to go from paying for a regular room to get a club access at some of their uh, uh, Regency Club locations around the world. So that's another uh, great option. So I definitely recommend that as opposed to transferring to airline partners.
1: Got it. And so, with elite status, you know, Hyatt definitely rankled some of those lower tier elites by getting rid of the twenty five stay rule, which many people would say at twenty five cheap Hyatt places and then have you know what was old diamond status. So they they've raised the bar, although they've included new ways to earn, like credit cards. What's your overall take on Hyatt elite status? Is it worth going for, and why would you think that Hyatt Glo- could, Would you make the case that Hyatt Globalist is the best? top tier hotel uh, elite status out there?
0: I certainly would. I think there are a couple of really nice benefits that set it apart. The suite upgrade awards are really fantastic, uh, more valuable than any other similar awards in the hotel space, uh, where you can actually uh, get four of those for reaching the uh, qualification level for globalist. They've actually starting March 1st in 2019, they are going to be adjusting it to where you actually get two of those at 50 nights. So even before you reach the globalist threshold, and then another two when you get to 60 nights. And those are valid on stays up to seven nights in length. So if you have, you know, four week long vacations at a Hyatt property as a globalist member, you can book a regular room and then use those suite upgrade awards and to book that on the
1: suite paid 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 stays or
0: award as well a paid and award stays as well as points in cash wow that's
1: really rich because i mean i'm a marriott platinum you know x starwood platinum and the upgrades are you get 10 a year but they're like requests and they have no teeth in them so the hyatt ones if there's a suite upgrade or if there's a suite for sale on an award or a paid stay you can get up to it you get that upgrade for a week and you get four of them a year so you could really almost stay in a suite for a month
0: yeah. And you can confirm them in advance. So with no waiting until a week before or five days before. You can actually confirm them. If you book six months in advance, you can call as soon as you have that reservation and and lock in those sweet stays. You know,
1: you're kind of selling me here, Nick. If I, I wanted to <laughs> if – I've got Marriott Platinum the hard way. I've stayed over 100 nights a year. Marriott has made some changes that have made me a little – upset like uh not being able to get multiple room night credit for elite status does hyatt allow you if if there's multiple if i'm going to pay for three of my friends rooms do i get those points and elite credit
0: Unfortunately, no. You do only get the one night of elite credit. Um, you can earn points on up to three rooms, but it is just one uh, night worth of elite credit. And you know, before you go jumping into Hyatt, you know, the biggest thing, the biggest drawback. They are taking steps to address this, but is their limited geographic coverage? You know, there's still less than a thousand properties. Marriott is over sixty eight hundred. Hilton has, I think, at last count, over six thousand. Um, again, well, Hyatt,
1: under thousand.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Now adding the small luxury hotels, they're gradually integrating those into the program they're at. I think just over 50 right now, they're over 500 of those. So still, you know, a lot to come there, the two roads hospitality, you know, I think those are going to address, you know, some of the, those concerns, but it's just, it's, it's challenging when you're looking at that limited geographic coverage to reach those 60 nights or to reach those 30 nights to get Explorer status. Not everyone's going to be able to do that.
1: And, In general, the Hyatt portfolio skews more luxury hotels, you know, whereas, yes, Marriott's over 6,000, but so many are, you know, more, you know, what they call their select service brands. Um, So would you say in general, people want to go for that Hyatt elite status, it's going to cost more than at other brands because most of the hotels are
0: on the higher end of the spectrum? Yes, uh, partly that. And then I think the other thing is just the general geographic reach. You know, Hyatt does have a large number of Hyatt place properties in kind of, you know, I don't want to say less desirable, but not the biggest cities that that are out there, but they don't come close to the reach of say a Hampton Inn or a Fairfield Inn where you could find, you know, those properties on the side of an interstate in the middle of Nebraska. Whereas, you know, the only Hyatt place, you know, in the area might be in a larger city. So I think that's the the other thing is if you are someone, a business traveler who isn't always going to the same locations where you can count on a Hyatt uh, location or a Hyatt property to, to stay at, you're, it may be challenging to reach those elite status qualification thresholds.
1: All right. Let's end it with a couple rapid fire questions. First one is if you could, for the rest of your life, have the most beautiful view, standard room, uh, or a large suite but with no view on a low floor which would you prefer
0: you know traveling with a four year old i love my daughter but i gotta have my space so i gotta go with the large suite <laughs> me too
1: <laughs> amy from <laughs> hyatt is she she like she, she's a view girl so it's interesting i always like hearing whether people would want space i'm on the road all the time too and even though i don't have a four-year-old well i guess because i'm so i physically take up a lot of space at six foot seven that I, I need more i hate being in a tiny hotel room where you're like crawling around the bed and you know, doing gymnastics to take clothes out of your luggage. Um, Okay. Not Hyatt specific, but any hacks for hotels? Does it, you know, can you get an upgrade by sweet talking the front desk agent, slipping them a 20 any unique uh, things that you've gleaned over the years that you could share with our listeners?
0: Yeah, the biggest thing, I actually wrote an article for the site about this last year uh, or a couple of years ago, is it never hurts to ask. You know, As long as you do it in a polite way, you're not entitled about it. I've had non-refundable stays completely refunded. I've had upgrades to giant rooms, free breakfast thrown in just for simply asking. I'm not one to lie. I'm not going to make up some anniversary or some special occasion in order to get an upgrade. But if we are celebrating uh, a birthday or if we are trying to, um, you know, have some issue where, you know, it would be great to have some type of added perk there's no harm in asking. Again, don't be entitled. Don't say I'm platinum. I deserve a suite. You need to give me the suite. Look, it's available right now because that type of attitude will never get you anywhere. So really a lot of courtesy and a simple question goes a long way.
1: You heard it from Nick directly. Don't be a jerk. It's not a good travel strategy. Nick, thanks for there joining us and imparting your Hyatt knowledge. You've got me thinking about the program again. Who knows, maybe in 2019, I'll, I'll go for the globalists. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Brian. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks again to Amy and Nick. Again, I'm your host, Brian Kelly. And this episode was produced by Caroline Chagrin and Jessica Rovniak with editing by Ryan Gabis. Our music's by Breakmaster Cylinder. And a special thanks to Adam Kotkin and Mike Bruno. If you like this episode and want to hear more, make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you downloaded this podcast. But more importantly, tell your friends. The more people we have listening, the more episodes we'll make. And if you tag me on Instagram at Brian Kelly, or use the hashtag talking points on social media. I might even give you a shout out. See you next week, and until then, safe travels.
0: Small details are big surfaces,
1: tight corners are odd shapes, flat,